recording now. I was going to say, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Wow. I just noticed it. Thank God. So no gladiator. Uh, oh, well, we didn't have enough material on it from it anyways. No, we didn't. Um, but one, you, one uh, of you guys is a couple seconds ahead of me. Let me get some. Here we go. Winter is here. Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode four. I am Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Everybody, hello. Hello, Beaumont. Happy to be back in the saddle here, baby. Yeah, oh man, we're back on the saddle and the horse is going. Oh, We're both riding on the same horse. We are. A horse with no name. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh no. No, What were you going to say? (laughs) AEW. The whole thing is a horse. It's a Trojan horse. Is it Hangman's horse? It could be. It's a Trojan horse for Impact Wrestling. Wait a minute. What the? We'll be getting to that. But first, uh, we would like to shout out our new friends at Cinnabon. Oh, big time. Who we've uh, struck up a nice uh, back and forth relationship with on Twitter. They're some real sweethearts. If you don't follow us, at Brainbuster Boys. Yada. And while you're at it, why don't you go to uh, uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and hit that subscribe button hit that follow button you can always go to soundcloud which yeah. is the main link on our twitter and it's free yeah so cinnabon Bo, uh we we've both had separate exchanges with them oh, on twitter oh, in dms over the course of days yeah almost over a week now so tell us how it started last all week. right so it started like many a brain buster boy started um over a discussion of turner Ugh. um and this time it wasn't tnt tnt's been the most um, responsive, you know, to our presence under the tarp. For sure. Um, but um, TBS was showing something called super intelligence, which, you know, must really say something about their audience, that they're yeah. all super intelligent. Absolutely. You know, they're all just, you know. Um, so anyways, TBS is like, hey, number one, watch Life of the Party today at 3.08 p.m. <laughs> nah. Then number two, watch Tammy. That's the Melissa McCarthy movie at 5.10 on TBS. And then watch super intelligence with this turquoise heart now. Hell streaming yeah. on HBO Max. So here's what happens. Cinnabon says, you can mark us off for number three, which is seeing superintelligence. We may have watched it more than once. Hashtag superintelligence. And then, of course, we chime in. Did you find yourself becoming smarter as a result of watching it? <laughs> then Cinnabon says, not sure about smarter, but definitely a bit kinder and sweeter. Oh. How about you? Hashtag superintelligence. And then I was like, I feel like I can tackle AP calculus after watching superintelligence. Oh, who couldn't? And then I, you know, plugged the podcast. And then Cinnabon said they'll check it out. And then they started DMing us. And they started DMing us. Push comes to shove. We are here, and we are going to be having dinner, um, a dinner of Cinnabon tonight. Oh, the Cinnabon Den. Yes, Cinnabon Den. That and a side salad. It's going to be great. Is it seven-layer salad? Oh, big time. 
time. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's about four days old, too. Oh, so up. it's basically soup at this point. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's sour cream soup. <laughs> oh, that sounds dreadful. It is. So uh, why don't you tell them uh, what uh, the, Cinnab- the fine sweethearts at Cinnabon uh, gifted us. Yeah, they decided to give us a gift card. Just for engaging with them, yeah, really. just for engaging with them. But here's the best part about it, all right? Yeah. You know how we're under the Turner tarp? Oh, yeah. We are also now under the Cinnabon tarp. Oh, goodness gracious. And based gracious. upon what that gift card includes. Yeah, there's a lot of other restaurants. Yeah, yeah, under it is that under- t- I know. Who's the parent company here? Is it Cinnabon? Is it someone else? We'll, like, we'll, we'll say it's Cinnabon. Yeah, it's got to be Cinnabon. Yeah, their sweet icing-filled gun is t- to our head right oh. now. Anyways, you, here's what's under the Cinnabon gazebo. <laughs> Cinnabon. On. Auntie Anne's pretzels. You gotta look. Classic mall snack. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're always, like, right across from each other. Do you mall want sweet or, or do you want salty? Yeah. They're, they're... Moe's Southwest Grill. <laughs> yeah, which is... Like, it just, like, leaps yeah. after that. Schlotz... Schlotzky's Deli. Yeah. And these two places I've never heard of. Jamba and Carvel. Yeah, I hadn't heard of those either. <laughs> Cleaning it up is McAllister's oh, Deli. You got the double dose the, of Deli. Oh, big time, yeah. So um, that's um, the tarp that we're under. So, we're happy to be under the tarp of yeah. Cinnabon. And thank you, Cinnabon, for listening uh, and engaging with us further. Uh, I was talking to them because we used uh, the mm-hmm. graphic with yeah. John Moxley and Kenny Omega's heads on cinnamon rolls yeah. that you so wonderfully made. Yeah. And we sent that out and they responded to that again yeah. and engaged in a conversation about the match. They even found, um, we asked them, like, who would win between Moxley and yeah. Kenny. And they found something, right? So they said, they whichever one is the bigger fan of cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I guess it would have to be Kenny, given yeah. his recent physique, because he's looked a little chunky. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were able to pull a tweet from Kenny from like January 9th, where he like referenced Cinnabon. Real, so Cinnabon specifically? Yeah. Wow. He didn't tag him, but he said Cinnabon. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. So. And all you listeners should go out and buy a Cinnabon, or otherwise... We're going to be really upset. Or any other brands under the Cinnabon gazebo. Yeah, yeah. Get Slatchies and then go follow up with another sandwich at McAllister's. Just double lunch. Wash it down with a burrito from Moe's. Yeah, and then go to what's the other place. <laughs> and then get some deserted Carvel. <laughs> like, what could Carvel have? That sounds like a beautiful night on the town, Beaumont. All right. Thank you, Cinnabon. Yeah. Moving along here. Your sweetheart. Some social media stuff to report on our boy, the meat man, the mustard boy, which is from Being the Elite, John Silver. That- uh, we learned this week from a Reddit post that John Silver was in fact on an episode of Impractical Jokers a role playing dodgeball. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when it was. You could tell he was significantly younger. Oh yeah, he didn't have a beard. Did he have hair? No, I don't did, think did he, he did. So he was just completely... He was just... probably like, I think he's like 29 now. I bet mm-hmm. he's probably early 20s. But yeah. just hilarious crossover. You know, we dug a lot into Impractical Jokester. Yeah. And, when we've been using the soundbite uh-huh. of John Silver saying that jokester, <laughs> and we've referenced impractical <laughs> jokers he, as impractical jokesters, which, and here we are. Which now John Silver, our nickname for him now, has to permanently be the impractical jokester. Absolutely, absolutely, it's set in stone. And one other John Silver social media note on Instagram, he'd posted the brain buster he hit Hangman with last yeah. week, and it said, I busted his brains, and I commented, oh, you must be listening to the Brain Buster yeah. Boys podcast. Line them up. Couple other notes here. Uh, a rest in peace shout out to Pat Patterson, mm-hmm. legend of the wrestling business. Um, he passed away just the other day. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into Pat and kind of his impact on the business and a little silliness later on, and if you recall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just we got to give him a shout out because he's been such a key figure in the wrestling business. 
Uh, two little bits of notes before we go to the big winter is coming edition of Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this week's movie review was actually from a few weeks ago, but we feel it fit well with the winter is coming theme, and that is The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Which is the best movie between both the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy. <laughs> I, no, I wrote I wrote my graduate school thesis on it. You can read it. Did you really? No. <laughs> but, but it would be hilarious if I did. But yeah, so Hobbit Battle of Five Armies. And lastly, after a hiatus during our Thur- Turner Thanksgiving special last week, we're going to get back to our Star Wars Episode One Pepsi can comparisons yeah, we to will. AEW wrestlers. But today's cans, Qui-Gon Jinn and Watto. We'll Woo! get to them later. Did they do three of these movies? They did. Too? They, did. They, were, they, they were going to do two, I think. And then, you know, they were like, well, you know. Not a trilogy. You know. It's like a 300 page book. It is, yeah. You know, it's and not even that long. And, and they've just slathered so much, like, Legolas isn't in it. That, that character, but they just added so much shit. Yeah, Evangeline Lily's character is not in the book. Yeah. She's completely, fa- you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you make three movies out yeah. of that short of a book, you got to add a lot of shit. And they wanted them to have like the big battles and the locales oh, yeah. and the sweeping shots and the dun, 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 you know, the, the epic music um, and everything. And you know, this is just a lot more of a small story with you know hobbits and dwarves, you know, just going on this journey and just shit happens to them. It's you know they are back again. You know, yeah. it's, you know they go somewhere and they you know turn around and, and come back. Beaumont. So going into the Winter is Coming Dynamite on December 2nd. Whoo, this one was a doozy. And we're going we're gonna to approach this a little differently as we've done our past recaps as we've uh-huh. just kind of chronologically gone through sure. the show. But this time, because there were two major, major things that happened, we're going to lead with those, kind of give you the big highlights and really dig deep into those and kind of just give you some other details from throughout the show. Mm-hmm. But... We really want to sink into the meat of this. That sounds good to me. That sounds like what our audience and Cinnabon wants. I think you're absolutely right. So let's go right into it, Beaumont. We have a new AEW world champion. It's Kenny Omega who defeated Jon Moxley in a bit controversial fashion, but we'll get there. Moxley started off with a promo. You said you had some thoughts on that. Yeah, I remember how there was a minor point of contention between us with um, how I didn't like the Moxley promo that was in the nightclub bathroom. Yep. That one. Um. So, I like this one a little bit better, and I think I actually kind of got a grasp on his character. Mm-hmm. Like, why he's different than, like, Goldberg, who's just like, I'm big, and yeah. I win, and I scream, and I'm bald. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Goldberg's kind of a hack. So, um, I kind of understood Moxley. Like, I think he tries to be very academic and poetic, and I know that may sound weird from the get-go, but um, he talked to, started talking about him and Kenny Omega, and his inflection sounds like, he would be at some sort of a reading at like a, co- you know, where he would be up on the stage. Pretty and dramatic he, And then moments. he would talk like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, promos do kind of crescendo. And he referred to him and Kenny as two diametric individuals who want the same thing. Which, like, I love the direct simplicity there. Yeah. It, because that statement, again, just basically means, hey, we're the, you know, you're the good guy. I'm the good guy. You're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. We want the same thing. We're going to come to heads with it. And, you know, his move is called the paradigm shift, yep. which is a very academic term for, like, a shift in ideas from, like, one era of thought to another. And that basically came about when he left WWE to join AEW. Yeah. He Like, his first promo was like, this is a paradigm shift. Yeah. Like, I'm changing things. Right. And he certainly has. Well, yeah, and it's like, no, Moxley kind of portrays himself that way. And I kind of got that from him this time. Yeah. 
that I did not get from him the other time. So when he did his promo this time, I was like, all right. You're fired cool. up. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I felt like I got him as a character. Yeah, so we get into the match, and they kind of go face-to-face at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early on, it's a little slow, just some back-and-forth moves. Yeah. Um, it eventually spills outside, and actually yeah. the action outside went a lot longer than I think we all thought it would. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, the match, like, was going to be long. Yeah, like we knew it was, was going to be long. Yeah, and so it could take its time getting going, and For it sure. did in the beginning. But yeah. once it got outside the ring, yeah, yeah that's when it really kicked off. Yeah, so they brawl outside the ring for quite a while, you know, through the commercial break as well. We get back from a commercial, uh, and Kenny's just working on Moxley's yeah. knee, and he does that missile drop kick mm-hmm. to his knee, and JR's like, that was pure genius. And he's working yeah. the knee, and he's working the knee. Uh, Moxley, you know, able to turn the tide with a series of suplexes. Yeah. He, Headbutted Kenny to the chest, yeah. some submissions, and mm-hmm. then we had that second commercial break. And I, as I rewatched it earlier today, I noticed like when we got back from that, that's when it really kicked yeah. into yeah. high gear. Exactly, yeah. So it, they came back from break, and remember, Kenny immediately hit his flipping move over the top oh, rope, like right went, at the break. Flipped into a paradigm shift. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he did the, you know, he did the flip outside. He drags Moxley in, yeah. and he tries to jump to get him, and Moxley knees him in the gut, paradigm shift, which is his move. Yeah. And we were so, like, he didn't cover him. Yeah. He just stood there and was like, "What? You got to cut?" And obviously, you didn't think he was going to win that early, but yeah, it's yeah. still like the fact that he didn't even cover him. Yeah was pretty interesting Mm -hmm. and recall what he did went outside and got those two chairs chairs. which i want to talk about this i love how this was blocked Mm -hmm. and set up you know like because whenever they sat down it was like a let's talk yeah so moxley throws two chairs sets them up and is like let's sit down face to face yeah like let's let's talk yeah and then we got into the the what they call the hockey fight yeah which i love um the back and forth slaps and punches. Yeah. And then I think it was Kenny who slapped him off the chair. And then maybe into a V-trigger. Yeah, so yeah. if and actually at the very beginning, in when the let me, let's talk thing, Moxley was like, hit me, hit me. And that's kind of how it started. Yeah. And then, yeah, it ended up, that was, it spun off the chair and Kenny hit the first V-trigger, yeah. which is kind of our running joke. Whenever the first V-trigger is hit, that's when the match really oh, yeah. begins. And like the, this match, like with like the shift from... You know, the stuff outside the ring, the brutality there, to the let's talk, to that V-trigger. there And, like, throughout, as we'll keep going through this, there's an ebb and flow. Oh, to this yeah. Review. And Azar, I think, said it to you on our Zoom the other day, yeah. was that when Kenny gets that pace going and he kicks it into high gear, like, yeah. it's magic. And, and, that, and we got that here. Yeah, like, and for being someone his size, which, you know, I'm doing my quote fingers here, his size, you know, which, like, he's still, like, pretty small compared to, like, Hobbs yeah, or Wardlow or something like that. Oh, he's quick. Oh, and he's yeah. agile, and he can like get get. And that's up. what Callus yeah. and Excalibur and them were saying on commentary. It's like it's his speed and his athleticism yeah. that sets him apart. Even mm-hmm. though he has put on a little more weight, like yeah. that, he, that's Kenny. I mean, yeah. he's just a freak. Um, you know, he hit that first V trigger. Moxley gets the advantage back with a huge clothesline, and he hits a second paradigm yeah. shift. Goes for the cover, gets a very near fall, mm-hmm. and now you know we're at the point where it's like, okay, we're definitely nearing the finish. Yeah. Um, Kenny rolls out of the ring. Moxley, which he rarely does, does the dive through the ropes, the tope suicida, yeah. but lands it right into a V trigger. Yeah. Kenny need him right in the face right. as he yeah. jumped out, which was pretty wild. Um, it's and then that it was that high flying this. Oh the, yeah, this deep into that's it. what you don't yeah. see Moxley yeah. do that yeah. much. Yeah, despite the damage that these guys are which was yeah. you know, and this ended up about a 28, 30 minute match. Mm-hmm. So you know they yeah. were going at it. Uh, but after that V trigger outside, Kenny hit a couple more. 
There were some counters. Kenny hit a drop kick, and then he did the Rainmaker pose of yeah. Okada, his biggest rival in Japan. They even mentioned Okada on commentary yeah. multiple times yeah. in the evening. Could be something to come. Uh, Hopefully. He then hit the ripcord knee, which is kind of Okada's setup for a clothesline, but he did it with the knee. He hits Kreutzwrath, near fall, goes back outside to the ring, and then Moxley hit Kenny with the paradigm shift on that heater oh, out yeah. there. And that's when he got the eye socket injury. And, and, and the doctors came. And, you, yeah. know, I, you not having watched a ton of wrestling, you know, I think... You were concerned, like, is Kenny okay? But he was legit. Like, if you look at his eye, oh, his there, eye was pretty. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. He was legit. Like, he looked like that looked legitimately uncomfortable. Like, a lot of people would have a hard time finishing the match. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Don. So referees, doctors, Don Callis came down from the commentary booth to check on and, Kenny. And this, I think, had a moment where Moxley, and I think this is a moment where you like. AEW and it kind of telegraphed that he was going to lose. He had a, what I'm going to call a slight heel pivot. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever he um, grabbed the mic, you know, like I think, um, like, oh, Moxley hit Dan Callis, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so like, it, it's so sad. Callis was down there. Moxley rolls Kenny in the ring as he's getting checked on by refs and doctors. He didn't mm-hmm. give a shit. He's like, let's keep this going. Yeah. And done. Which is yeah. healing, which is like a, like a slight heel pivot. A little Not bit. A, yeah. Yeah. Tiny. And then, Callus just stayed up on the ramp there, and he yeah. had the microphone, and he's like, "He's hurt, he's hurt." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Moxley came over and just punched him or shoved him down to the ground. But at that point, the microphone went into the ring. Yeah, and he took it. Yeah. And Kenny picks it up, hides it from Moxley, and bopped him on the head with it, busted him open. Yeah, he was bleeding, and then. Not one, not two, not three, but four consecutive brutal V triggers. He, then, p- yeah. he picks him up for the one winged angel for which, the which one, it, yeah. two, three. Yeah. Cut it! Oh, he's got the microphone. Bonk. <laughs> well, there's our quote unquote interference. Yeah, there it is. Yep. Yeah. I mean that that's that's really good interference. Yeah, right no, that, that, and, and it was definitely oh, yeah, you know surprising. Been, this has all been very very. Oh, cut him open. Yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching this. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh. Nice. that was a nice one. Yeah, that's the best one he said all match. Oh fuck! Until that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, his first back of the head one was not that good. Oh. Eleven. Those were a couple Ishii V triggers right there. Oh, he's laying them in. Fuck. Let's go. That was four quality ones. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. That, that was pretty awesome. That, yeah. was, that, I was, that was solid. That was... Woo. And we've got our new champ. Yep. I feel like you had a thought there. Oh, no. I was going to say he had... um. Tried to pull off the one wing and angel at one point. Yeah, I match. think it was twice. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there were a couple of like edging moments yeah. there, but uh, but that one was definitive. After, like, after those the, four V triggers, like, and he had him up, you knew there was no getting. Oh yeah, out that of was it. his riding out moment. That's when you knew, and I think you like you even knew before whenever Moxley kind of had the slight heel pivot earlier. Yeah. That's when you kind of know like okay, Something's like Mox, going down. Moxley is not going to win like this. Yeah. Yep. And then even bigger news, so right afterwards, Callis slides in the ring, gives Kenny the belt, raises his hand, and they run they, away. Yeah, they, they leave. They're running yeah, out quickly. like Miro running to the ring last week. Yep. 
Uh, they run by Tony Khan backstage. Yeah. It's actually Azar mentioned, and I think he might be right, that that's the first time he's been on screen really? on Dynamite. Because he's just stayed behind the scenes. Has he been scenes. on screen in pay-per-view? I don't think so, no. He's like oh. come out either before or after shows, but not on TV. Gotcha. I'm not certain, maybe one of our listeners could check us on this, but it may be the first time we've seen Tony Khan on screen. But he was like, what, what, what are you yeah. doing? And another hilarious thing was, oh, oh ski of own. <laughs> You know, was uh, you know really picking up some speed down the bunny slope oh. with the bone. It was uh, <laughs> was screwing bullshit, bull. You know, yeah. Like so they're running yeah. back. They're seeing the other wrestlers. Everyone's upset. Yeah, Tony's like bullshit, and Jr. about Don Callis is like, what a no good bastard. Yeah. And they they're out in the parking lot, and then from out of nowhere, yeah. our boy Marvez pops out from behind Appears. a trailer yeah, with a microphone. He's like, Don, what did you guys just do? Just he's totally miffed, and Don's. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don's like, you'll find out on Tuesday. And then Marvez on class- AXS, well, yeah. Marvez classically is like, but Dynamite's on Wednesday. <laughs> did, yeah. So good. Yeah. And then Don's like, well, me and Kenny will be on Impact Wrestling on Access TV and you'll find out. And then they shut the door and drive away. Very interesting. Will the attacker be in the car? Oh, Marvez! Marvez, yeah! <laughs> Oh shit. Wow. We've just been jobbed. And they, they had the last shot of Moxley laying there in, in the defeat. ring, bloodied. Yeah. It was actually a real cool, like, zoomed-in shot. Well, and it looked like, like, in, by the look in his eyes, it looked like, you know, you could see him accepting it. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, like, him, like, thinking, okay, what's next? But he got fucked. Yeah, like, know? Moxie's not one to ruminate. No, but he knows he got screwed. And, again, we still don't know who the attacker is, but now that this partnership with Impact Wrestling I mean, is clearly well, like, in place... It, it would be bizarre if it weren't from... It's probably going to be someone from Impact. And I know you, you know, you're kind of new into all this. You don't really know much about Impact. Frankly, I don't follow it much, but I know, you know, a good handful of the wrestlers there. So we're not going to get too in-depth into dream matches or this or that or how it's going to go, but we'll see how it unfolds. And I'll kind of tell you about some of the characters over there off-air at points. But very intriguing, very, very intriguing and interesting to see where this goes. You know, will Kenny be defending the AEW title on their show? Will Impact titles be on it? You know, it'll be interesting to see the degree that this partnership is. And I read a little bit about the young... This was a lot of the Young Bucks doing because uh they were in... It was formerly called TNA. They rebranded to Impact. But they were there in like 2010, 11. And that they'd kind of always wanted to broker this partnership because that company still meant something to Uh them and they still had friends over there. Um, so it's just fascinating. You know, it's kind of like the wrestling world outside of WWE is kind of starting to collaborate and work together. Uh, I retweeted someone and made a comment on Twitter about, you know, they were talking about uh, AEW's partnership with Impact. New mm-hmm. Japan is working with Impact and some, you know, a Mexican company, yeah, AEW. Yeah. So, like, all these partnerships are forming. You know, the forbidden door between AEW and New Japan is kind of creaking open ever so slightly. I think we're headed there. But, like, you know, in this whole week for uh, the winter is coming, they had these graphics that kept saying war is here. 
Yeah. And I think war is here. It's kind of everyone versus WWE is kind of how this is shaping yeah. out. And it's just very, very fun and exciting. And what a time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. What no, a time to jump in. Yeah, ex- exactly. Anyway. Yeah, we, um, got, we got some more shocking shit. Yeah, so more shocking shit. It's So Sting returns to TNT for the first time in nearly 20 years. I think it was 2001. Uh, He had the last match on TNT against Ric Flair. Uh, But he's back. The Turner tentpole. He has reassumed his position. Uh, What a shock this was. Um, No one was expecting. Like, I didn't see anything remotely like this on Twitter. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it came on the tail end of the match between Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Stalks against Darby Allen and Cody. Mm -hmm. Um, Cody and Darby got the win, and then Hobbs and Cage got, like, there was just a big attack and a bunch of brouhaha's. And, and, like, I thought the fight was, you know, you know, I thought... um, Yeah, it was a good match. Another good, like, with Hobbs, too. Like, you get to know him more as a heel that I like. Yeah, that was kind of his first match as a heel, and he looked really good. Yeah, and um, another thing I thought, um, Ricky Starks, he's a great talker, you know, and I think we talk a lot about him, and a lot of people on Twitter talk about him as a young rock. Mm -hmm. But I think he could... He has room to grow as a wrestler. Oh, for sure. You know, because like whenever he get whenever he's tagged in and gets out there, it's not the most spectacular moments of the match. Yeah, he's still pretty young in the business, but he's had some pretty good stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's his personality that really carries him, and yeah. he's gonna get better in the ring. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good solid match. Cody and Darby get the win, but obviously the headline Sting returning, and it was actually pretty cool. So the lights had gone out, and we're like, what the fuck is this? What's yeah. going on? And the word Sting pops up, and Tony yeah. Schiavone. And, then... and, all, and all that, like, projected snow. Yeah. It's, like, coming out. Like, it was really cool how he walked out. It was out. very cool, very cool entrance. Uh... What? What's going on? Oh. Uh, could it be? It's coming. What is this? Winter is coming. Sting? Sting. What? <laughs> what the fuck? How do they keep that secret? Wow. With his AEW Sting shirt. What? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, shit. Tony Schiavone's coming. Oh, my God. Since 2001. Oh, wow, that's right. Wow, never would have seen this coming. Tony's going crazy. Everyone's going nuts. Because obviously Tony was the WCW commentator, so he's called a million of Sting's matches. Um, But all the... T- Team Taz cleared out, and you know they beat the shit out of Arn Anderson. Actually, they did. oh yeah, they, they, they did beat up, beat up Andy. Well, Andy Reid tried to come in and like yeah, throw and some Jr. Bunches. At one point was even like, "I'm concerned about Arn," <laughs> <laughs> but Sting clears him out, and he kind of went to each individual. And yeah. I saw something on Twitter about how he kind of acknowledged the four generations of wrestling. Yeah, from okay. Arn being like the '80s, Dustin like the '90s to the early 2000s, Cody like mid 2000s to 2010s, and now Dobby like the okay. future. Yeah. All right, and remember how I said last week that the silhouette moment is the most artistic thing AEW has ever done. Yeah, this tops it. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's not—it's more than just stings here. It was how it was presented yeah, was yeah. so well done. Yeah, and you just know, you know, like like yeah, no, I just thought that was just. 
excellent storytelling where you didn't need to say it weird, you know. And Absolutely. And yeah. it's going to be great to see how it all unfolds. Yeah. You know, they advertise Sting Speaks next week. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where things go. I mean, he's 61 years old. Yeah. He hasn't wrestled in about five and, years. And he won't. I, I, I could see him maybe doing a little bit, but he would be very limited. You know, yeah. they would protect him. Like interfer- interference. Or like stuff. a tag match yeah. where he wouldn't have to, like, take many bumps or yeah. be too involved. But I think he'll be more of the mentor manager for Darby. Which he should be. Like, you know, that's how he was positioned in this bit. Yep. And he needs to play that role. I want to see him play yep. that role. And I'm sure he'll be playing somewhat of a backstage role as well. So... Very, very exciting stuff. So we'll quickly go through the rest of Dynamite here. Uh, the show started with the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royals, fun. which uh, ended, so this Battle Royal ends with two winners who will be facing off next week. And our two winners were MJF and Orange Cassidy, which yes. is a match that has not happened yet. So that'll be very interesting. That, that, that's it's a well up character versus a well hated character. So you know, eventually it, it had to happen. MJF uh, wins his second consecutive Diamond Battle Royal. Uh, so the last time he faced Hangman last year, and you win like a diamond ring. Yeah. So I don't know, like if. It's a it's a like a if fifty thousand dollar ring. Yeah, if the, Orange like saying. just gets the diamond ring from MJF, or if he gets sure. it, um, um, it was a good it was good. It though. was fun, yeah. And, and like as battle royales come, it was shot really well. You could tell who was fighting who, and like the inner circle was back against the corner the yeah, entire they were, time. As Wardlow and Sammy were protecting MJF. Uh, yeah. We had some more furthering the Dark Order and Hangman story. Yeah, we did. We had full heel Matt Hardy. Yeah, like Matt Hardy just going yeah on. like like it's almost since you know. the elite deletion he's yeah. just turned heel just kind of out of nowhere yeah. but i'm here for it something different well they needed him to be healed they needed somebody to knock you know silver out they needed somebody to knock hangman out which is you brutal know? that yeah. he eliminated both of those yeah. guys uh but so, so the dark order they they kind of were cheering for hangman early on oh they say and then later yeah. on hangman almost got eliminated but all the dark order was outside the ring and they caught him yeah. And hoisted him up and got him back in the ring. So, like, Hangman kind of slowly yeah. seeming to enjoy the yeah. Dark Order stuff. Um, Another thing worth mentioning, my MVP of this was Miro. Because Miro cleaned house oh, yeah. during, like, the middle of the match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, like, like, Miro's grown on me a lot. And, he, and yeah. he took out that bastard Matt Hardy. He did, yeah. And, like, he cleaned house and, like, left it for the inner circle so they can gang up He and on him. Wardlow had the, the big boy fight. Oh, yeah, which is plot. Of course, like plots gotta happen, so Inner Circle's gotta like do that to him. Yep. So um, the final four were Sammy Guevara, MJF, Wardlow, all of the Inner Circle, and Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um, Jungle Boy and Sammy were kind of going at it, and MJF and Wardlow eliminated both of them. Yeah. Um, but everyone forgot that Orange Cassidy was still alive on the outside. He hadn't right. been thrown over the top rope, so he yeah. was just chilling out there. He slides in. Um, and eliminates Wardlow, which the final two, Orange and MJF, should be very fun. But a piece of a noteworthy piece, continuing on what we talked about yeah. with uh, the inner circle yeah. kind of potentially breaking apart. So the inner circle stuff carried into the next match, which was Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian, the yeah. first time ever. I thought it was funny they were building it up as that. I mean, yeah. whatever. Uh, I thought Jake Hager's pea coat was pretty. Funny. Oh yeah, pea coat. Just because it was, I, you know, it was forty it was, degrees there, and yeah. you just don't oh, think yeah, about that. Forget about but that. But he's wearing yeah. that like long that, pea that coat. duster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't duster. It was geeking me out. Yeah. Um, 
match was okay. You know, I know I, I, they mentioned multiple times, like, Kazarian is one step ahead of Jericho, and then I remember Shivani just echoing, one step ahead. Yeah. Kind of going back to our thoughts about him at full gear, but he didn't look too bad. Well, he didn't look too bad. This is what I'm going to call a plot match. Yeah. You know, a match that, yeah. like, the wrestling and the acrobatics are, like, not going to be. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 like, it's all about the storyline. Yep. Which, obviously, it's all concentrated at the very end. Yep. When the inner circle comes out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kazarian hit a great move, the one-man Spanish fly from the top rope, which yeah. is kind of, like, grab Jericho and kind of does a backflip. Usually done by more, like, high flyers, yeah. so it's pretty impressive that both of those guys could yeah, pull yeah. it off. Um, another interesting thing... Kazarian had Jericho in a Boston Crab for co- quite a while, and MJF yeah. ran out with the towel. Because uh, if you throw the towel oh, yeah, in the matches, yeah. and that Sammy came out to stop him. Like, no, 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 and no, took no. took the towel from him. Yeah. yeah. And then, I, you know, Jericho ended up winning. He hit the elbow, one, mm-hmm. two, three. But he was upset because that's when Sammy and MJF started shoving each other. Yeah. We knew, we, you know, this has been building for weeks. Obviously, this was going to yeah. happen. I remember Jericho grabbed a mic. He's like, stop this shit. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of S words in yeah. that segment, if you recall. Um, but yeah, so it leads, you know, Jericho is pissed. He yeah. leads to next week. Uh, he gave the inner circle an ultimatum. You know, we got to get along or this group is going to disband. Yeah. That's all we know. So uh-huh. something is probably going to come to a head next yeah, yeah. week. What do you think? Uh, what do you think may happen? Do you think it'll um, be Sammy really just snapping and kind of finally just saying "fuck this"? Um, I think this is like like what I wrote down was they you know after it became MJF and Orange Cassidy at the end I th- I like this story shifted from like on like a very direct trajectory toward MJF versus um, Sammy to for sl- sure to slow burn. Yep. I think we're on slow burn status with this. And I think they're really going to kind of milk that tensions for all it's worth. Cause let's be real. This is not the number one story. This is not the premier story in AEW. No, right but it's now. definitely one of the yeah, top. Yeah. 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 It, it definitely is one of the top ones, but I think they can let it take its time. So like you, the steak dinner was not that long ago. Yeah. So know? do you think then they patch things up next week and then things just kind of continue to fracture bit by bit from there? That's a really good, like it's hard for Jericho to be like, here's the ultimatum. And then it, we're, and then it comes back together and then it's like fine for a little bit. And then it breaks up. I do think that MJF is going to successfully pin this issue on not Sammy, but on somebody Sammy likes, so maybe Ortiz. Like, I think there's going to be more fucking with Sammy. Yeah. Like, I think, like, it's not just going to be next week, like, hey, Sammy, we're all against you. Yeah. I think it's going to be, like, MJF taking, like, what he thinks, who he thinks Sammy is, like, taking the ire that he puts on Sammy and putting it on, like, Ortiz or another character, Mm -hmm. and then, like... Him making more enemies. I still think there could be more healness. Yeah, because MJF like, like milked out of this plot. MJF yeah. is not going to be in the inner circle long term. You know, if yeah, they still exist. Course, but yeah. yeah, I mean, there's still ultimately probably going to be that fracture again yeah. with MJF and Jericho. But yeah, sure. we shall see. Um, so we move on. The Bucks are getting interviewed by Marvez and Bowens and Caster, the acclaimed. Uh-huh. Another new tag team show up, and they start rapping. Um, I think they've been on the indies. I don't know too much about these guys, but yeah. people seem pretty excited. You know, we'll see what they have to offer. Yeah. Um, but the Hybrid 2, who defeated uh, Top Flight last week and kind of got a scuffle with the Young Bucks, yeah. they come and attack the Young Bucks. So I think we're headed towards that match as well. Probably. Um, and they threw one of them in a dumpster. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> That's right. Women's match, Dr. Britt Baker versus Layla Hirsch. 
Uh, Britt, as expected, got the win, but we all uh, really came out impressed with Layla Hurst. She was little, but boy, she could wrestle, couldn't she? Yeah, no, she had a you know had a really good thing, especially when she got um, in um, Britt into the cross arm breakers. Yep, what they called it. Yep, she actually you know? hit her with like a V trigger and yeah. then right into the arm breaker. Yeah, uh, it was very impressive. And Britt Baker's a good heel. Yeah, know? she's as she's as a great heel. Up, she's just not a great wrestler, and yeah. that showed. But she doesn't need to be that great because she's got the character. Well, and there there are better wrestlers in the women's division. Like Thunder Rose is better. Um, Cheetah's better. Yeah, um, but uh, obviously, but the, she's the, got the character. Yeah, obviously, our my my far and away favorite part of the match was the end whenever Thunder Rosa comes in and clocks her. Yeah, yeah. It's When's so your Thunder Rosa T-shirt coming? You in? know what? I'm supposed to get an email whenever they ship it, and they haven't. So Son like, I don't want to have to be like, "Hey, Thunder." Yeah, you know, like, uh, when, do, when do I get but it she's, in? Uh, she's liked a couple of our tweets. Oh, yeah, a couple. And um, whenever her... I mean, hell, that's why you bought the T-shirt. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. And whenever um, she and uh, Britt Baker got in that fight and all those, like, bald dudes came up and broke it up, the yeah. crowd started going, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> well, so one of those guys' name is Jerry Lynn. Oh, that's, really? So he's one of, like, the backstage agents, ah, if you will. okay. Uh, but, yeah, still classic. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so the next was the, you know, the tag match that led to the Sting debut. We already went into that. Uh, Sheeta had an interview with Marvez backstage. There was like an interesting, like, what, the like, lights went out or there and, was and like... there's a weird sound, which is zombie lady. Yeah, you know, Abaddon. Her, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like something kind of shook Sheeta up, but she's like, I'm not afraid. Um, and then that went into the main event. So that was our show. There's our show. And we kind of figured we'd keep it a little unique with the top five moments here, just because, you know, with the Moxie Omega match and everything that happened around that and Sting, like, we're just going to keep it strictly to those. Yeah. And they're not even going to be ordered, but we're just going to kind of have some sub things from each. So one of them obviously is just Sting's presence, his debut. He's here in AEW. Wow. So exciting. Which was like. I know there was a uh, reaction, but you know um, how they always show reaction videos of like dudes being like, ah, you know, like there was like tons of those I saw from like people like watching on their TV. Oh yeah. Being there at Daly's place, you know. Uh, so then our our second moment is immediately after Sting came out was Tony Schiavone's reaction. It's Sting! Like wouldn't it be funny if whenever someone who's allergic to bee stings gets sung by a bee, they go, it's Sting! Like, and you see him, like, getting, like, Ow. pushed through the hospital corridors on a stretcher. Swelled up. <laughs> he was very excited. It's the first time he's been on TNT in nearly 20 years. Uh, yeah, just a great reaction. Like, we've mentioned it before. Like, Tony Giovanni's just having a great well, well, time well, out there. One he's loving I, life. One bit of reading I did this morning when I did my rewatch was about Sting's history in the NWO and how, like, it, he was out a whole lot. Like, he would get in these matches, he would get hurt. Yeah. And he would be out for months. But, like, there was so much posturing to get him into the NWO. And oh, then when both they, sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when it broke up to Hollywood and, and um, yep, the Wolfpack. Yeah, he ended up joining the Wolfpack. Yeah, Wolfpack, and that's when he went red. Yep. So, like, Sting was a big ping pong ball. Oh, yeah. That. And, uh, no, that was really cool to read about because I always knew, like, who he was. But, like, you know, he was definitely coveted. By oh, both sides. Absolutely. And by WCW, too. Yep. Before Bischoff became, you know, when he NWO, So yeah. he was kind of surfer sting before he went black and white. And he took like a year off just to like be away. And mm. then he came back as black and white sting like out of the blue. Yeah, and, he's and then like, he remained that. Yeah, his um sort of sabbaticals seem very yep. integral to his character. Yep. 
So then to the Omega Moxley match, the match itself, of course, was great. Uh, you know, since we've mentioned star ratings previously, yeah, I'm, yeah, giving it four, I'm giving it four and a half stars. Do you think it was better than Full Gear? Because people, a lot of people on Twitter had said that the Full Gear match from uh, over a year ago was better than this. I do, do you agree? I do think that one was better because it was just crazy. I mean, there were so many weapons and insane things, and it went long. Uh, I do think it was a little better, more entertaining, but this match was, like, put together well, better, well, and more storytelling-wise, well, 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 this was a better match. And here's the interesting thing. The last match had, the, the one that had full gear over a year ago had none of the stakes. It was just two wrestlers that are very yeah, no good. no title on the line. Yeah, no title on the line. And, uh, you know, it's that context, I think, that really matters whenever you orchestrate a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, sometimes without that stakes, you know, you can have a good small story. When so clearly that up. match, you know, long term was building to this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great. Great stuff. Um, the other sub moment or one of the other sub moments was Marvez just out of the blue, just popping out from behind that yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah he, he was just there what, ready. What are you doing? Dynamite's on Wednesday! Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Calendar Marvez. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then just at the very end, the the announcement by Don Callis that Kenny and he will be on Impact Wrestling on Access TV on Tuesday, which I'm going to watch. Um, it's on Sling. Yeah. So, uh, But just again, we talked about it earlier, just very exciting to see where sure, that yeah. goes and how deep it gets. Uh-huh. See, like, doesn't this look, like, like, Lord of the Rings was so good and so well done and, like, movies that I think will endure, and this looks like Dungeons and fucking Dragons. Yeah, it's, like, you so know, done. It is. Well, it, it just looks very, you know, like, it has the cheapness of, like, these fantasy movies that they crank out that have bad CGI and, like, you remember the Warcraft movie? Did you ever see that? Were you ever a Warcraft or starts? I played Starcraft back Starcraft, day, okay. never Warcraft. Yeah, see, I see, like, doesn't, like, this looks like the Warcraft movie, you know, it just... Like it isn't like I, I guess this is maybe shot a little bit on location, you know. I it's mean, like obviously too, it's whole, too fake almost. It is, yeah. Well, it, it's like Lord of the Rings waited to blow its load on the grandeur of like the scope and, and the locales, you know. And it's half the it's fucking like this again just looks like they just knew they had to like up it. They had to like yeah. you know go hog wild with it instantly, yeah. and you know. Shifting into what. Burns my ass. Ow! Mine is quick. We mentioned it a little bit briefly, but just that heel Matt Hardy eliminated both of our guys, Silver and Hangman. Yeah, and despite not being a real factor in any of this. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel you on that. But, you know, obviously they're going to be building Matt. as sure. a, You know, he's a big character, but... And obviously getting those eliminations are big, but uh-huh. just the fact that he took both of them out just really pissed. It just burned my ass. Absolutely. It was something that needed to happen. For sure, like, yeah. yeah. And it's a battle royale, and sometimes there's going to be sloppy kind of shenanigans. Story. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's going to be necessary outs yep. that aren't going to be very exciting. Yep. Um, here's what burned my ass. So, stupid Dr. Brick Baker. <laughs> um, and she wore a Steelers um, oh, uniform. Yeah. And, we uh, forgot to mention and, little Steelers yeah, logos on oh, her oh, gear. Oh, of course. And, you know, as some of y'all may know, we, uh, we record in uh, Newport, Kentucky, and Covington, which is across the river from Cincinnati. Both Bengals fans. Yep. You work periodically for the Bengals. Yeah, I worked for them for two years, still freelance with them. Yeah, and um, so I have this story about a Steelers fan. Please. All right, so um, me and a um, former girlfriend of mine were uh, – Flying back from New York City to Chicago to Louisville, mm-hmm. where I was living, and um, 
We were in LaGuardia Airport. So there are two airports in New York City. There's LaGuardia uh, J- is the only one I've been to. Oh, oh wow. So JFK is the nice one. LaGuardia yeah. is disgusting. Yeah. Like the ceilings are really low and like everyone's jammed in there. I've always flown into that one the yeah. three times yeah, I've gone. It's just like, it, it, it looks like a uh, an airport from yesteryear. Yeah. And like we're in this long ass TSA line and everyone's standing there dealing with it as you should do. Yeah. Like everyone's in line. It sucks, you know, and, it, and the line's winding around and you don't see everyone in the line. You don't see where the end is. And all of a sudden, I just, all of a sudden hear this guy going, run, 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 motherfucker, what's going on this line? Why are you going to wait so long? I look over and find the source of the sound. Head to toe, Steelers here. <laughs> Completely like beanie, shirt, yeah. sweatpants, like Toll. maybe even shoes. Yeah, all Steelers stuff. And then like my girlfriend at the time who wasn't a sports fan, I was like, yeah, it's that. This like, tool. yeah, this this is the Steelers right here. Yeah. And so, you know, Dr. Britt Baker, that's who you're associating yourself with. Um, so so I, I think I've told not you this. a good decision, Brent. I think I told you this off air once, but we went to the Dynamite in Pittsburgh yeah. last year. And Britt being from Pittsburgh, of course she comes out with a terrible towel. The fans are loving it. Uh, me and our buddy Rich, or it was, we were just booing her. You know, everyone's cheering. Me yeah. and Rich were just was booing that the her. night up where you took shots at Tullamore Dune, drank a PBR. Uh, no, that was the Indianapolis. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Um, but so we're booing and this Steelers fan from you know eight ten rows back he's yelling like oh yeah well who are you a fan of and at the time the Bengals were like oh and five oh and six and the Niners were like five and oh and it just beat the Steelers yeah. so I'm like the Niners bitch what are you gonna do and he's like okay okay Okay. <laughs> just completely lied just to uh, fuck uh, with like this that, guy. That's this dude's level of hierarchy. It's yeah. like, what, what, who, like yeah. whatever fans of football team beat us. And like, all I had to uh, say uh, was the Niners, and he shut up. Yeah. Like, imagine if I would have said the truth and said Bengals, he'd probably be like, yeah, fuck you, you stole He probably would have, like, shuffled down his row, yeah. knock, knock beer cans over, like, come down. Uh, oh, classic. Man, fuck the Steelers. Fuck them. Absolutely burns my ass. Alrighty, if you recall, so again, RIP Pat Patterson. So Pat, he was the first ever WWF Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, more famously, you know, I don't know too much about his actual wrestling career because it ended in like the 80s. Yeah. But more famously, on screen was one of Vince McMahon's stooges during the Attitude Era. He yeah. and Gerald Briscoe, they were key characters. Yeah. You know, kind of his patsies that would do whatever. But, like, behind the scenes, Patterson is one of the most important people ever in wrestling. So he was Vince's top agent, as they call it, yeah, which like, is the like, guys who kind of put together the matches with the wrestling. role in the formation of WWE. Absolutely. Yeah. So he created the. he's credited with creating the Royal Rumble, yeah. which is, you know, one of their most exciting matches. And just, you know, I don't even know all the stuff. Like, he was... The guy who drew up the famous Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match. You know, he's responsible for some of the best wrestling yeah. matches in history. Um, R.I.P. What a legend. But we're the match did, that... Did you know? also know he was like one of the first openly gay people yes, in, in WWF? That yeah, too, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and that was, you know, certainly a time when being openly... you know, oh, especially. When I don't think he wasn't open when it... You know when he was there. I think a lot of people knew, but Did they? but yeah. anyway, yeah, still a very big thing as well. Yeah. Uh, but the match that we're going to talk about is not a good match. But I just felt mm. for you, not really knowing who Pat Patterson was, I'm like let's give you something fun and quick, yeah. like a, like a nice slice of it. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to King of the Ring 2000. It was an evening gown match between 
Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, the two the Stooges. No, so they used to have them with the women. Oh, back did in the, they? Back when women's wrestling wasn't really treated with much respect. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, bra yeah. and panties, shit like that. So the object of an evening gown match, and they mentioned, is you have to tear off the gown so they're only in their bra and panties. Really? Uh, and it was usually with women, and Jerry the King Lawler would be like, ah, and get excited about the puppies, what she would call tits. Oh, puppies. yeah, no, I remember him saying, him, uh, uh, puppies! He, the puppies, oh my God. Which, you know, He'd mentioned, I gotta pull it up here. He's a human boner. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. Well, then JR too had his like own comments. Too. JR kept just saying, This is hideous. <laughs> uh, one thing, okay, I mentioned it off air. He said something about King saying something about titties because Patterson pulled something out. I don't even remember. But he's like, Treats. Candy. It was candy. Yeah, it's candy. <laughs> he's like, Treats from the Titties. Oh my god! Like so, they both come out in like close to full drag, which I respected a lot. Yeah. I'm like, that's really cool. And you this all... is for the hardcore yeah. title. Like this is a oh, title. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad which like, Patterson was the champ. Well, I'm glad they like you know we're told they were gonna do this and they were gonna be like we're not gonna half ass it. And we're they took go... it in straight. Yeah, yeah, they went and, all the and way. And so Gerald Briscoe kind of comes out with the lumber, and it's like okay. And then Patterson comes out, and he is just like. <laughs> Owning it in the music. Absolutely. It's that like floozy, like bird on And he's got a cart. And what did JR say? He's like, like I can hear Wiley Coyote and the He's got a pillow. He's like, Briscoe had a two by four. And he's, Patterson, he's like, he's got a pillow, Charmin, and a teddy bear. (laughs) He was like pushing him. Was it a baby carriage or was it a cart or something? Yeah, it looked like a cart. And then Patterson, he pulled out the banana and like shoved it in his mouth. He's like, here's your banana, Briscoe. Oh, yeah. And then he shoved something else. A tampon. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of those big, huge maxi pads. One, it was either J.R. King said that. I had that written. Oh, man. Well, yeah. What I thought was a real geek was when their wigs came off. Oh, yeah. Because there was one point whenever they were just like themselves, but in all the makeup, and they were all like, yeah. all their nasty old faces. And, and Briscoe gave Patterson the suck it and did the Bronco Buster, which is where he jumped in the corner and kind of like rode on his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Crash Holly comes in. So I told you this off air that the hardcore title had a 24-7 rule, meaning yeah. it was always on the line. Yeah. So Crash Holly comes in, who was famed hardcore champion, yeah. uh, hits Patterson with a trash can, rips off Briscoe's dress, and pins Patterson for the one, two, three. Yeah. And that is that. And Patterson and Briscoe even have a little brawl down the, down the ramp in the match, and JR just requests, he's like, Let's get an outside shot of the building here. Can we see the skyline? Because he had just had enough. Oh, the homophobia is strong in him. But funny, funny stuff. And again, R.I.P. Pat Patterson. Legend, you will never be forgotten. No, yeah. Rest in peace, my friend. Rest in peace. So let's round it out here with our Pepsi cans, baby. All right. So, um, yeah. Do you ha- do you want me to start? So we got Qui-Gon, Jin, and Watto. Mm. I, know, I can't remember. Last week, I feel like you talked about the Star Star Wars stuff, oh, and then oh, I gave my pick. Oh, and I've got plenty of information. Here Give we us go. Qui-Gon here, baby. Qui-Gon Jinn from Coruscant, which is the planet oh, yeah. with the Senate stuff. So he's from the capital. His Jedi Master was Count Dooku from mm-hmm. Episode 2. Mm-hmm. Played by Liam Neeson from Taken and Schindler's List fame, who agreed to be in Episode 1 before reading the script. Wow, that's tight. <laughs> so he's Jedi, Ma- Jedi Master to Obi-Wan Kenobi. He discovered Anakin Skywalker. Decided to train him against the Jedi Council's orders, so a bit of an insurgent. So he was involved in the fight to um, fight against the Trade Federation's invasion and occupation of Naboo. And his side was victorious, but he was killed in battle by the Sith Lord Darth Maul, 
who was then, I'm going to put in quotations, vanquished, we'll get back to that later, mm -hmm. by his Padawan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And another last fun fact before we hear your comparison is he was the first Jedi to gain the ability to appear as a ghost after death. Interesting. Yeah. Who's Qui-Gon? Cody. Oh. 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 Why? So Qui-Gon Jinn in episode one is a very central character. Yeah, he's very stoic. He, you know, he's... He's kind of the leader, you know? He's kind of the one bringing people together. Yeah. Um, in a movie without a protagonist, Yep. he is the um, best suspect. He's kind of the biggest face, if mm. you will. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the fact that he dies, I kind of compare that to Cody losing to Chris Jericho and being unable to challenge for the AEW yeah, world title, yeah. which we've talked about may end up happening, but uh -huh. I kind of use that as his death. Sure. And you just mentioned that he discovered Anakin Skywalker, who was Darby Allen for me, and Cody personally is, signed Darby Allen. This is making stupid sense. And Frank, I didn't even think about that when I made this pick, to be honest. Really? So, like, it really kind of ties in with my previous pick of Anakin as Darby as well. Uh -huh. Cody is Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, I think that... I think it, it just when, worked when, out better when, than I even expected. No, oh, no, whenever you said it, I said, what? But whenever you finished it, I Makes said... sense. I said, ah. Uh. Uh, number four, Watto. Watto. All I right, think... here we go. So from Wikipedia itself, he is a male Toydarian junk dealer slash human trafficker. Eey. Yeah, and he's a, um, from Maz Espa Tatooine. He owned Shmi in Anakin Skywalker, and he bets a hell of a lot on pod racing. <laughs> Apparently, he's impervious to the Jedi mind trick, um, and he's also capable of limited flight. <laughs> <laughs> but he did bet against Anakin Skywalker in the Boonta Eve Classic, goaded by Qui-Gon Jinn. He bet on Sebulba. He lost to Anakin. And of course, as with all secondary Star Wars villains, after something bad happens to him, their life spirals downhill. He gambled too much. His business suffered because oh, of that. Shit. And he was last seen in Episode 2 when Anakin returns to Tatooine in search for his mother. Um, whenever uh, Watto comes up and he's like, oh, you're back. And Watto is kind of like, you know, happy he's back. So the relationship had kind of flipped. And then Anakin forces the information out of him. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that, that that's a little bit about Watto. So he got... Taz. Of course, yeah, that's who I thought. Yeah. Taz. So, if you all recall from last time, we had uh, Sabalba was Ricky Stocks. Sure, yeah. Watto, you know, was bet on Sabalba. They yeah, were partnered yeah. together. Um, so yeah, the re he's able to resist Jedi mind tricks like we like he's kind of against Cody in the corporate side yeah, yeah, of he, things. He's able to resist their pull. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. He's capable of limited flight, so he has his moments in the sun. Oh yeah, and then yeah, his life spiraling out of control, which we haven't seen that yet. But with Sting's arrival now, and you talked about it earlier, like what is Team Taz going to be yeah, doing? Yeah, like but yeah, and Watto, you know, Taz is with Ricky Starks. Watto is with Sabulba. Uh -huh. That definitely played into it. Yeah. Uh, I know we talked off air about potentially Taz being Boz Naz, but I think it just seemed to make sense we, with Watto. We, Watto was a tough one to pick, and Taz just seemed to make the most sense. Yeah, and we can't wait to the end for this. So, uh, it's um, going to be exciting. Do you want to know who the next two are? Let's hear it. Two more Pepsis. Yep, number five, Jabba the Hutt. Oh, wow. That that could have been Taz, too, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it could be Brian Cage at this point. <laughs> This next one I think is going to be really telling. Number six, Senator Palpatine. Ooh, okay. I've got my work cut out for me. Yeah, you do. Bye, scissors. And so houses move, being moved out in Middle Earth, like back in, you know, yeah. fantasy times, look just like moving out yeah. in modern times. 
Yeah, it almost looks too modern, too. Yeah, it does. Like, like with the finished wood. Yeah. And, you know. It's like you could tell this was built in the 2010. Oh, yeah. And it's like, like, do they have, look at that nice, like, masonry. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> and that wooden arch. Yeah. And like the wooden arch. That's way too and the, nice. And, and these nice finished, oh, my God. And it's a, it's a drywall or plastic, like, yeah. which, which both drywall and I think, I think plaster maybe predates Middle Ages or yeah. sort of the fantasy, but yeah, it's it's way too nice and finished, and it would cost way too much money. Yeah, you know. Well, but Jurassic World has to be under the Turner tarp. Oh yeah. But the original Jurassic Parks are not. Yeah, probably too good. <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> We are rounding third and heading for home here. Uh, any final thoughts here, Beaumont? Um, this episode, I, and I've tweeted this to two people. Um, you know, I, did, I, I watched Attitude Era Wrestling. I didn't watch it. I watched it whenever I'd go hang out at Addie's when you guys would be there and watching pay-per-view stuff. And be yep. like, oh, yeah, I'll like, look at this and laugh at it ironically. Um, but this episode made me feel like I was in on something. Oh, yeah. And when everybody was going crazy about it online... Um, I felt like I was part of that. Mm-hmm. And um, after watching this episode, even more so than Full Gear, than a pay-per-view, something we had to pay money for, like, I felt like this is compelling, this is great storytelling, and this is just downright fucking cool. Yep. And um, I'm glad to be part of this, and this episode really kind of drove that home for me. I'm glad you're a part of it, too. And yeah, it's definitely, I'd say, a top three episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I tweeted something yesterday, and still has happened a little bit today, like getting goosebumps, just like telling yeah. my brother about the show, or other people about oh, oh, it. Oh, re-watching it today. Yeah. Like, 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 the more I thought about it, the more, you know, goosebumps. And it kind of, felt. you know, you mentioned the Attitude Era, like, that's how I feel, you know, makes you feel like a kid again. And that's what why yeah. you know we loved wrestling when we were kids and you want to cultivate that feeling yeah, yeah. and emotion and this show did that this is doing good stuff not just with storytelling but with the form yeah with the dramatic form of wrestling and uh no i think it's absolutely fascinating and i'm glad to be a part of it fuck yeah well until next time we got impact wrestling on tuesday which will be one to tune into and next week's dynamite will surely be a hoot it'll be nutty hoot, hoot. until then you all take care stay safe Be good. Love your friends and family. Say hello to them. Bye-bye. We love you. Follow us on Twitter at BrainBusterBoys. Peace. Bye-bye. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Ooh, doggy.
this is about the end. Do we want to pop another one up? Yeah, we can. Sure. All right. Cool. Here, I'm, here. I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn off Fast and the Furious, though. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not.